this idea tonight of the reality of Christmas, uh, the coming of Christ into this world, this is a, it's the story of love and what love is all about. And, and we find it most clearly in Jesus. You know, I think there was maybe for some reason I was really felt myself, uh, I don't know why, more than other Christmases, relating myself or appreciating perhaps this year Mary and her role in the Christmas story. Uh, and that's because this is, a, I've got a little Christmas photo, part of our family this year, if I can share that with you. We've got a photo here. This is our son Levi and his brother Asher, I know. I thought, you know what, uh, even if you don't like anything else I say, no, that's a pretty cute photo, isn't it? So, uh, but listen, that's our son Levi. He's 11 years old if we've never met. And that's our other son Asher, and he's uh, about six months old. And I think maybe the reason I felt myself, you know, sort of uh, appreciating Mary this year is it was about this time last year, it was almost like it felt like an angel showed up and said, you guys are going to have a baby. Uh, if you don't know uh, our story, you can see there's a pretty decent age gap between the 11-year-old and the six-month-old. And, uh, and so we, uh, we were told years ago that, you know, we wouldn't have any more children. And so after a giant gap like that, when uh, suddenly, okay, it wasn't an angel, but when, uh, you know, uh, a little test told us you're going to have a baby, I felt like Mary. Now, you may say, maybe this was more your wife's deal than yours, Dean, but uh, she's not here talking, so we'll just focus the spotlight on myself. So you can imagine uh, how terrified I was uh, when I got this news, like Mary. But now the reality was it was a shock. And suddenly uh, the world felt like it had just flipped upside down, something totally unexpected that was going to change uh, our lives in the best of ways forever. Uh, now, what I think is amazing is that this is uh, Mary's story. Obviously, you can multiply that times a, times a million. Uh, but what you see in the way Mary uh, dealt with her part in the story of Jesus coming into this world was she chose the way of love. And she chose to say, uh, my life is about uh, let it be to me according to your word, Lord, and not uh, just what, uh, you know, what was going to be good for her or, or even what she desired. She, she shows for us in so many ways uh, what the pathway of love looks like. But the reality is, even in the scriptures, as they point this out about her uh, and, and show us something of who she is, it is all a reflection of God's love towards us and how he shows it supremely in Jesus stepping into this world. I want to read you a few verses that you may not always associate with the story of uh, Jesus' birth, but these are words that speak very much to what his coming was all about. You know, there are so many things that we are, we celebrate this time of year or things that compete for our attention or our focus or uh, all those kinds of things. But here tonight, I hope that what we can do is, is hone our attention and our focus on this reality that love came at Christmas in the person of Jesus Christ and that this is, this is the moment that Every other moment pales in comparison when the creator of the world stepped into it. In Philippians, there's actually a, uh, some verses that speak to what it was all about that Jesus came into this world. Philippians 2, verse 5 to 7, it says these words. Paul was writing to a church, not unlike our church here tonight. And these words, he actually 
lifts out of what seemed to be a common, perhaps, hymn that they would have sung at that time, and he writes these words. He says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. And here comes the, this hymn. Who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped or used to his own advantage. Or rather, he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I want to suggest to you tonight that Christmas is an invitation to the appreciation and imitation of who Jesus is. We're going to talk tonight about, uh, for a few moments, about appreciating who Jesus is. This is one of the most challenging parts of Christmas. We can get so familiar with it, and we've sung songs for years, and seen the photos and pictures. We have our traditions. All those things are good. But one of the challenging things is in the midst of it to appreciate what is at the core of what we're celebrating. And what we see that's amazing in these verses is that Christmas is not only a time for the appreciation of who Jesus is and what he's done, it is also an invitation to imitate him and to live as he lived in so many ways. You know, I want to start with this idea tonight of appreciation. Uh, it is a funny thing in the difference between when you are a, a kid and when you are an adult, how there are so many things you begin to appreciate when you're an adult that you didn't appreciate when you were a child, right? Uh, how many people know that uh, wrapping presents is, is a really giant job? I, I wrapped uh, three today. And... Um, and I would suggest one of them turned out reasonably well. Uh, the other two, I literally just went, that's okay. I'll just tape some more stuff here and cover that, and we're good. Uh, you know, when you're a kid, sometimes someone just gives you a, a gift, and you don't even appreciate that it maybe took some work or some skill, both of which I didn't apparently have today. But, you know, there are so many things like they just happen. You see, what it is to appreciate something is when you grasp the full magnitude of what's there, when you see the full value of what has happened. And what I love about these verses in uh, Philippians is that they are there to help us appreciate or to grasp the, the full implications of what happened at Christmas. Uh, this was, it says that Jesus, in case we miss it, and maybe you're new here, tuning in, watching online, or maybe in this room, and, and you kind of wonder, you know, it's nice to come and do something like this on Christmas, but what really, what, why is it such a big deal? And, and isn't Jesus, you know, there's, you know, babies get born all the time, isn't this, why is this such a big what we have to understand that this is unique uh, in, in all human history. Much as some would like to say Jesus, just another great teacher or figure, that is not who he was. The scriptures tell us that he was, it says in verse 6, in very nature God. When we come to Christmas, we must appreciate that this is who Jesus was. In very nature God. He is uh, the one who created all things. 
He is the one who uh, spoke uh, the words into being. Let there be light, and there was light. You know, he was forever God. Jesus did not uh, come into being at Christmas. He was eternally uh, part of what we call the triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, existing from all time, and yet choosing to become like that little baby you saw in the photo. The willingness to lay aside, it talks about how he did not consider equality with God something to be grasped or used to his own advantage. He did not hold on to and say, I am God. I should not have to subject myself to the human experience of a a little baby. He did not consider it that way. But instead it says he made himself nothing. He took all his advantages and put them to the side and he was willing to enter into our experience as human beings. To come not for his good, but for ours. Christmas is so challenging to appreciate the magnitude of what this meant. The one who was in very nature God, eternally self-existent of all time, choosing to become a baby. It says, being made in human likeness, being found in appearance as a man. And it's telling us that as a way of saying, uh, not that he only appeared to be human, but rather that he who was eternally self-existent, God chose to uh, take on limitations, to take on the limitations of being human. And he did this to become obedient, to become a servant. He took the very nature of a servant. He chose, Jesus chose to say, I will take the very nature of a servant. I will not, uh, I will not just think about that which is for me, but I will come and let my life, the scriptures tell us, to become a ransom for many. He came on our behalf. I think it's so important at Christmas that we appreciate what God has done for us. It says he humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Not only become a baby, not only subject himself to the experience of an ordinary human being, he humbled himself even to die and death on a cross. A cross was the ultimate humiliation and embarrassment. It was the most, not only painful way to experience death, but it was a a, a shameful way as well. He was willing to humble himself to do that which was just the, the lowest of all things that could happen. He was willing to humble himself for that reason. Even death on a cross. I love it says, therefore God exalted him to the highest place, gave him the name that's above every name, that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven on earth and under the earth. All of this, now we, it is so important to appreciate as well you know, we love the manger scenes and it's great and important because like, wow, this is God stepping into the world. But we cannot, we cannot fail to appreciate that all of this was part of a bigger story. That ultimately Jesus would grow to be a man and to go to the cross and to die and to rise again on our behalf. And now he is exalted to the highest place. That actually, this is who Jesus is. He is the one before whom every tongue confess, every knee bow that he is Lord. That he is king over all. So easy to drive past Christmas so fast and not appreciate that this is what the incarnation is all about. 
You know, those words, every knee bowing and every tongue confessing, they're a picture of worship. Worship is the overflow of appreciation for who Christ is. It's so great to gather together on a night like this, whether you're here in the room or online. It's so great to set this time aside because when we, this is an experience of worship. This is why we gather. If you wonder if somebody drug you here, you had to be here. We come and worship to acknowledge this is who Jesus is. He's Lord over all. And at his name, we want to... We want to confess with our mouth. That's why we sing. We sing these songs and these Christmas carols that declare who he is. And we bow the knee. We come in humble adoration. Wow, this is who Christ is. This is what the incarnation is about. This is what his coming into this world is all about. When we know him in worship, it's actually where we find life ourselves. You know, The amazing thing about these verses is they are here to help us appreciate who Jesus is and what he's done. But as I said, they're also about an imitation of who Jesus is and what he's done. The very first words here in Philippians are, let your, so if you are a follower of Jesus, it says, let your mindset or your attitude be the same as Christ Jesus. That our appreciation is also, it's not just an invitation to only, you know, worship him and acknowledge who he is, we are also invited to imitate who he is, to take on the same mindset, the same attitude, the same way of being in this world that he did. When these words were written, he was writing it to this church and going, I want you to now live out this same kind of love that you have seen in Jesus because this is who God is. This is how he demonstrated his love for us. And now he says, have that same mindset. Go and imitate him. You know, it, uh, at Christmas time, I think, is a great reminder that if you are a follower of Jesus and a, someone who appreciates the reality of who he is, of what he's done, his love for you, oh, can we be reminded and maybe resolve in our hearts in a fresh way to live as he did? To choose the way of love, as Mary did, as Jesus did. To choose that in our interactions with others, that we define the way we want to relate to the world and to those around us by love. By a love that doesn't hold on to, uh, you know, just as Jesus was willing to not let his equality with God be something grasped and held to his own advantage. To not be those who feel we must always Hold on to what's best for me, but rather to follow him in that imitation of saying, how can I lay aside my own self-interest in order to better love those around me? You know, we live in a world that is always wanting to convince us that the way to happiness, that the pathway to peace, that what you should be focused on is how do you uh, think about what's good for you and what you need and, and all those things. And Jesus says, no, there's a whole different way of being in the world. And it's the way of being able to humble ourselves and say, actually, how can my life be about serving others? Christmas is a moment where we can pause from getting too caught up in the current and the flow of the world all around us and be reminded that this is who our Savior is. And now he invites us to go and to do likewise. You know, I love this idea of, Just thinking, how 
I found myself, I've been reflecting on this, this idea a lot, of course, this Christmas. Our whole church, you'll see people wearing shirts, if you're here, that say love on them. We've really wanted to emphasize one message this Christmas, the reminder that we as followers of Christ, out of his love for us, are called to go and to do likewise. And love at its core is always an act of service in someone else's interest. And, and this Christmas, I think, is a great time to just think, wow, what would the world be like if we all, I, I mean, just imagine for one moment, I know it's too big and I know it'll never happen, but imagine every human being on earth all at once decided, I will choose the interest of another over my own. Like, it'd be amazing, right? We all know we live in a world where there's, there's enough resource for everyone, there's enough, but yet there's such inequality across the world. Why? Because we all believe we must hold on to things and and, and I'm as guilty as anyone. This is not a, a, a put anyone else. It's just saying we, we live in a fallen, broken world. But we're invited to start choosing the way of love. And, and, and I love, you know, one of the, you know, quotes I heard thinking about love. Because you may find yourself going, but how do we make this tangible? And how do we actually start to just live this out? You know, Jesus was unique in uh, the pathway that he trod. And, uh, and what his, obviously who he is, of course, what does it look like in my life? I love this quote I came across from Mother Teresa. And I loved it because it's from Mother Teresa. And if ever there was someone who knew something about love, surely it was Mother Teresa. You know, this is a woman who has embodied love for people, whether they agreed with her faith in Christ or not. She has embodied love for so many. And it's easy to look at, I'm sure it's easy for all us to look and say, well, there's someone who just did extraordinary love and who could possibly walk in her footsteps or do the things she did. But I love this quote where she once said, that every time we choose to even smile at someone else, it's an act of love. That that is a gift to that person. And, and a beautiful thing. And the reason I love that one is because I think what she was trying to get at, actually, when she said it was, especially when we smile at those who we might otherwise not want to. She was actually just saying, do you know what? And people would always come to Mother Teresa and talk to her about, you know, how can I go and, and do great things and love the way you have? And I love how she was able to boil things down and just say, do you know, every time you actually take the effort, because do you know what happens, what she was getting at, when you smile at someone, is you stop and you are present with them. And you value them. And you choose to offer even the smallest gift we as humans can have towards one another. To smile in such a way that's saying, I value you. And I love the reality that, do you know what? For each one of us, we carry the possibility and the potential of love into every human interaction. And at the core of love is what we see in Jesus. His willingness to come and be with us. To become God, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. He stepped into our world to be with us. And then he valued us so much he was willing to die for us and to rise on our behalf and to invite us into his kingdom of love. And now each one of us is invited to go and be people who just carry that love wherever we go and who imitate and say, Lord, let my mindset, let my attitude be the same as yours. Not how can I use my life to my advantage, but how can I in any and every situation choose the way of love? You know, I'm going to invite the team uh, to come back out here. And we're going to sing 
some more songs together. And as you sing tonight, as you find yourself in a place of maybe quiet reflection tonight, as you choose to focus your mind and your mindset and your attention on Christmas, may it be a night that we appreciate once again what this is about, the incarnation, that the eternally, eternal God from all time chose to humble himself on your behalf and mine to become obedient, even to death on a cross. May we appreciate that that's what this is about. And may we choose to say, Lord, if there's one act of worship that each one of us could bring to him, it would be to say, now will you, Lord, help me to go and to do likewise. Out of your great love for me, may I go and may I live, may I lead a life that is all about love and seeking to do the same to others. You know, I want to pray for us. And then we're going to spend a little bit more time in, in worship of who he is, appreciating this is what Christmas is about. The incarnation. What Christ has done for you and for me. And the pathway he's opened up for us to live by love. Why don't you stand wherever you are? You can stand. It's just one of those ways we acknowledge his greatness by standing in his presence. And I want to pray for you and for me for all of us this Christmas, that we might have that fresh appreciation for who he is, for what he's done. Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight that we can celebrate your extraordinary love for us. Thank you for sending your son Jesus into this world. It blows our minds, our categories, and yet you were willing to step into into our world and become one of us so that we might in some small way be able to grasp who you are. Lord, I pray that this Christmas you would give us a fresh appreciation. Lord, for every person wanting to see you in a fresh way this year, I pray you would give each one of us a fresh appreciation for who you are. May it lead us to a place of worship, bowing the knee and confessing with our mouths that Jesus Christ is Lord. And Lord, I pray that as we do that, as we appreciate you, it might create within us hearts so full of love that we might follow your example. Lord, give us your same mindset. Help us to see the moments and the places and the people to whom we too can become a servant to them as a way of demonstrating your love. Lord Jesus, we declare in this place, you are Lord of all, and we give you thanks. We give you thanks and praise and worship. To you alone be all the honor and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.